0: Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of Pridecast. Today we'll be joined by Fassel Khan, the Hofstra Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach. Khan was a member of the coaching staff from 2008 to 2010 before returning to the Pride in 2012. Thanks for joining us today, Coach.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Um, you've had a very kind of unique journey to Hofstra. Uh, let's begin with an easy question How did you first get into basketball?
1: How did I first get into basketball? Um, My family and I moved to the United States in uh, 1986. I was born in uh, Tripoli, Libya in 1974. My dad was working as a physician there uh, on an American army base based in Tripoli, Libya. My parents got married, my brother and I were born there, Uh, eventually moved to Pakistan and then we moved to America in 86 and I remember literally coming out to the recess fields and uh, there's this cute girl named Tony shooting hoops, tall, short hair and everybody else was playing soccer and I grew up playing soccer and cricket and field hockey and um, so my first inclination was to go play soccer with everybody and she was playing basketball by herself so I was like, "Hmm, let me go talk to her and she told me what the sport was and she was like, you know if you want to get on the team you can get on the sixth grade boys team, pay 20 bucks so in 1986, that was, I think, a lot of money for my parents, mm-hmm. and they'd already invested some money for me to play VFW baseball or something of that sort, and I loved baseball. It was similar to cricket. Um, so I convinced my mom and dad, put me on the base on the basketball team, it will help me make friends, it mm-hmm. will help me with my English, uh, maybe I'll learn the art of using deodorant, <laughs> uh, you know, being a typical foreign kid. Uh, so that's how I found basketball, and then I just started playing it, and what I realized was um, it's one of the few sports that you can play by yourself and practice by yourself mm-hmm. and get better. So, you know, when I didn't have tons of friends, because early on, it's just, you know, it's a little, when you're the immigrant kid. Not everybody is ready to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could go skate to the basketball court and play and improve and get better, and that's what I loved about the game. Um so, yeah, that's how I kind of found basketball, and then mm-hmm. I just kept on with it, and and uh, all these years later, we're having a podcast about it.
0: That's very true. <laughs> um, when you first moved here, where in the United States did you first move to? We here?
1: moved to uh, Michigan. We moved to a small town called Flushing, eventually, which is outside of Flint, mm-hmm. uh, not too far from Detroit. A bunch of our family lived there. We then eventually relocated to a town called Ellicott City outside of Baltimore, mm-hmm. Maryland, um, my parents have lived there now since 1988 or so um, so yeah that was kind of our journey so uh, I did kindergarten a couple times in two different languages and two different countries mm-hmm. uh, I would say in my first fourteen years on this planet lived in you know two or three different continents and countries and um, so as much as at the time I did not like it mm-hmm. um, I think now looking back on it at my old age I think it's uh it really helped me with a mm. lot of different uh, growth perspectives and life perspectives mm-hmm. so quite happy about it
0: as an adult outside of coaching you've kind of done a couple different things along the way yeah also talk about some of your other endeavors
1: uh, so going back to uh, I'm a big fan of respecting and loving my parents and my brother and Uh, my dad being a physician, my mom being a social worker, you know, I'm coming out of high school and I got an engineering scholarship to Maryland. Um, My folks were not for me to go play division two basketball Mm -hmm. or division three basketball and whether it was going to a school like Frostburg State, I think at the time it was called, or Salisbury in Southern Maryland or the only option for my parents that was okay for me to attend was Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. because it was a prestigious academic university. There were Division three basketball. Uh, my high school coach knew their coach. Mm. Um, but with all that said, uh, I didn't have good enough test scores to get in there. Mm. And I had great grades, but I just didn't have the right amount of test scores. So Maryland gave me a, a scholarship for engineering, and so my dad was said, free, you're going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't going to go to anywhere else, and... My parents pay in-state tuition, and it just wasn't going to work out that way, and I graduated high school in 1993, mm-hmm. so ended up doing that. That eventually led me to finish out my degree in social work and psychology at uh, UMBC. Mm-hmm. Um, in between, I tried to play Division II basketball at Wayne State up in Detroit because we still had family there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I eventually realized was I'm trying to chase a dream of playing basketball, and at the same time I was coaching I was fortunate enough to eventually start coaching DK who is one of our co-workers now mm-hmm. uh, Denise King and she was in high school at the time in Baltimore at Seton Keough and one of my mentors at the time he gave me a job and he said come on just come help out and share your experiences and uh, to this day I'm so thankful to Jim Stromberg and Dave Greenberg and Brad Reese who's now the coach at uh, McDonough in Baltimore and mm-hmm. then uh, you know my high school coach who's now the girls basketball coach at Howard High School in, in Howard County Maryland, uh, Scott Robinson. So all those guys instilled a bunch of great things and uh, Amy Mallon, who's this associate head coach at Drexel University for the mm. women's team, she went to the same high school we did. She would always come back and kick all of our butts in, in, <laughs> in games and I think put all that stuff together made me realize that basketball is basketball. It's not a gender related mm-hmm. thing, it's not a you know men's basketball it Just you can coach it, you can teach it, you can play it, uh, regardless. It, and so, got to do that, and utilizing that sport, I got to go travel a bunch of different places. Right. Uh, lived in South Africa, coaching a little basketball. Um, also, I never heard of Asheville, North Carolina, and I moved to Asheville for a job and mm-hmm. coached Division Two for a couple of years. Before that, uh, just because my parents are so big, big on... Uh, graduate degrees and graduate school. I I went to law school and I was mm-hmm. in law school and I can remember between my law school classes um, I had a pager <laughs> and I would go to the payphone call college coaches advocate for some of our players mm-hmm. on our AU team. Uh, hey, you should have so and so on your team. Hey, she can get a scholarship. And at that time, one of the coaches I was speaking to, uh, Nikki Hall. Uh, she was a Division II head coach at West Virginia Wesley, and then she mm. said, come on, uh, I'll give you a job. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, come be a grad assistant. We'll pay for your MBA. Uh, you're already in your MBA and JD program at the University of Baltimore, so why don't you just do this? So I did that, mm. and I moved to West Virginia of all places. My parents <laughs> were just like, you're a dummy. Uh, now, all these years later, 16 years later, I think my dad is, you know, quite proud Mm -hmm. of what me and my brother have accomplished work-wise. My brother's a successful artist and painter and works for uh, a clothing company called Tommy John here in New York City. And um, with all that said, uh, you know, I think at the time they thought I should be an attorney and my brother should be a doctor or Mm -hmm. vice versa or both uh, because they thought that was their... um, that was their barometer for ultimate success, mm-hmm. and now, looking back on it and the way we live our lives and the way we kind of move forward in our day to day structure uh, I think my parents are quite quite happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still yell at me because I haven't married <laughs> my girlfriend yet, and my brother <laughs> hasn't married his girlfriend yet, so we get yelled at for those <laughs> things repeatedly but uh you know that that's that's what I like about uh one of many things about being a human being on this planet is we have a lot of things in common we always want to differentiate from you know, whether it's race or gender or whatever, but um, in the end, we all kind of go through the same things with mm-hmm. our parents, our family members, their expectations, our own expectations, right. our goals, so I'm I'm no different in that. I just have kind of traveled a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, across the planet, and I'm, I'm quite fortunate. Um, so, uh, yeah, law school, then eventually coaching and doing some work in South Africa for a mm-hmm. nonprofit, and then just moving to Scotland because... I just wanted to go chase girls. I was single (laughs) at the time Um, and just bartend or work in a kitchen at a tapas restaurant. I don't know, just different things. I wanted to go hike in Pakistan where we used to live. I had been back there in 20 some years. So Uh I went to, I kind of wanted to work on my language skills and kind of relearn the the language of Pakistan, which in certain parts is called Urdu. Um, My mom's dialect is Punjabi. Um, and then I went to India where my dad was born mm-hmm. and hiked through there in 2010 uh, after my first stint at Hofstra. Mm-hmm. I was here for two years and then uh, I left and Krista was I'm sure very pissed and angry with me. <laughs> but uh, fortunate enough that uh, every, I've left two places in Division One basketball. I've left UNC Asheville and Betsy Blows hired me and I'm very, very fortunate. And then Krista gave me the opportunity again in 2012-13 in season to come back and be, mm-hmm. be a part of this program. So uh hopefully uh you know what's the lesson don't burn your bridges be Mm -hmm. kind be respectful uh work your butt off and you know hopefully people will remember
0: was there at any point along this journey kind of a moment where you figured coaching might be kind of a long-term career or was it something that just kept kind of coming back
1: good question uh no for me it's I don't know, just enjoyed the game always. So, your yeah. first question about how'd you come up upon basketball, um, that just made me go, I love the game, enjoy yeah. it, I like the people associated with it. And it doesn't matter, you can love a lot of inanimate things. Eventually, what you realize on this planet is you're always dealing with human beings. Right. Constantly dealing with human beings. You can email, you can text people, you can, eventually, you're going to have to talk to somebody face to face. So, um, the human interactions plus, right? If I really didn't want to do anything with the game or I wanted to just be in the game and not deal with players. I could, you know, maybe be a director of operations or something where I'm not on the court. I don't have right. actual day to day interaction with, with the players in teaching capacity. But uh, no, it always, always enjoyed it. But in terms of it being a long term career and stuff, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of down with the millennial thinking. I'm kind of down with that. Where do a couple of different things in your life, mm-hmm. do three, four, five different, and be. The best at all of them right. and be the best in that particular moment in your life at that particular specific uh, goal. So I'm hoping that I'm a, I'm a good enough associate head coach and try to give my best to this team now. Maybe I become a head coach later on. Maybe not. Mm. Maybe I get fired. I don't know. Maybe I resign and go traveling again with my girlfriend. Mm. We've talked about that. Um, she works. She's a fashion designer for Victoria's Secret and her and I have talked about living overseas because mm. she wants to experience that. I've done it. Um, you know, and I think it's one of the best ways to broaden your mind and, and improve your personal self because mm. you get to learn a bunch of different things about yourself, your weaknesses, your strengths. Um and I highly recommend it to all people all over the mm-hmm. world. So that's so why I'm definitely not for the travel ban. You need to move across boundaries and parameters in this world and uh not to get political <laughs> anyway.
0: How many countries have you lived in? Do you have a count? How
1: many countries have I lived in? Wow. Uh, so I was born and raised uh, in Libya for five, six years, then we moved to Pakistan um, and obviously America so there's three mm-hmm. and that's three different continents um, and then in terms of traveling or living I um, you know, lived in India for, I, I call it living Somebody else might say, you travel there. You were there for 90 days to 120 days. You were there for four months. That's not living. But I like to travel to places and stay there for three, four months, five months. Uh, And that's hard with uh, coaching basketball, specifically college basketball. Um, South Africa was a couple of months. My intent was to stay there for a year to two years. Ended up not working out that way. But um, Scotland was three or four months. Uh, Pakistan, when I revisited, it was about three months. Um, so for me, you know, people may think, like I said, those are travel experiences. For me, they were living experiences Mm -hmm. because I was actually there, I was buying groceries, I was (laughs) renting a place or figuring out a way to stay there and then also maybe make a little income, which maybe I shouldn't say that out loud (laughs) because I just filed my taxes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So... Um, you know, everywhere I've been to, I think one of the best they've always told me is, "Don't work here. You don't mm. have a work permit." Mm-hmm. So that's always interesting. You know, you got to go with some disposable income or some right. savings or things of that mm-hmm. nature. But I'm a firm believer that you, you got to go uh, do a bunch of different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a place that you've lived or visited that has had the biggest impact on you?
1: Uh, no, they've all they've all had their share of impact. Um, South Africa was very nutty. Uh, just because of the work we were doing, we were helping out with like HIV, AIDS, education, we were doing workshops, resume building workshops, tutoring, we were in and out of townships. Um, Pakistan, and India, just the the type of caste system they have and the type of hierarchy, which happens here too in the United States and or Scotland where I lived for a while, for about three months with some friends. Um, just a different kind of here we're a little bit more class oriented mm. we focus on gender and race to mess with people but I really think it really becomes a big class thing you know, mm. it's a big big money thing you have money you can get away with all kinds of crap even murder <laughs> um, you don't have money you live below the poverty line in America you're you know, making 18000 a year or something of that sort you know you get treated differently
0: mm. you have to wait
1: a lot longer at the DMV mm-hmm. uh, it's very very fascinating um, what money does. So uh certain places have had, yeah, enormous impacts but uh they've all had something to chip away at me and mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm I'm kinda glad and uh, I hope to continue to experience that.
0: You've talked about it a little bit already. Um but why do you believe traveling is so important?
1: Uh Amanda you're from western New York? Yes. Yeah. So I don't think you and I would meet if we were just I don't know. I was just going about my business day-to-day, mm-hmm. but here you are, you got hired. I think I sat in on one of your uh, uh, early interviews when you first yeah, came yes. to campus, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think you said you went to Loyola, and we kind of bonded, talked a little bit about it, and uh, I think you've been fantastic in your job, the way you've handled you handled yourself over the, the past eight, nine months that you've been here. So we wouldn't have that interaction. So to me, okay, i met Hofstra. You got a job here. Great. Now let's say I move somewhere else, and I meet somebody, and we talk, and we hang out, and I learn something from them, regardless of how old they are, or what gender, whatever, and that has an impact on my life, and maybe I can do that for somebody else, and so to me that's why you pick up, you go somewhere else, you learn, uh, you know, you push through and then, so I'm kind of talking in general terms, but there's definitely some specific things that have come across my mind bubble that help, help me immensely. so. Uh, that's why. I think it's, mm. it's enormous. It's across language lines, it's across... Uh, I'm a... Fir- my mom and dad used to say this to me all the time. Like, uh, You know, people are always talking about differences all the time. Oh, you're from such and such, and you're from there. Oh, one of the main things I can remember, and I'm, I'll ask you this question after I stop rambling. Um, I'm at the dinner table. I haven't finished all my food off my table. Off my plate, off my table, off my plate, and I want to go to my room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think my mom and dad said to me? They said, sit your butt down, finish your meal, then you can go do whatever it is you need mm-hmm. to do. Homework, hang out with a girl, talk, play basketball, whatever. What did your parents say to you?
0: Finish your dinner.
1: And we are two different people, different ages, different backgrounds, obviously different genders, different races, different races but that that that's a pretty common thing mm-hmm. we don't want to focus on that though right? right we want to focus on oh you're republican i'm democrat or vice versa or this or that or whatever and it's just it's hilarious how much more people want to focus on the differences versus all these different all these different there you go <laughs> all these things that were similar mm-hmm. and more of the like i said more of the way your mom and dad ratio you, or your family was with you things like that and hopefully those are things from a basketball point of view and uh how much we hang around each other, like we're about to go on a trip to Elon and Wilmington, we'll be together for about five, six days. And hopefully, when you specifically are around the girls and you guys are talking and you're not talking basketball or strategy or same thing with me, you know, those kind of conversations and dialogues can maybe impact them in some way. Mm. And down the road, there, you know, that they can improve on it. I'm a firm believer that we're all just little, it's a big giant chain, we're all just little links, you just got to keep linking each other mm. and then. You know, things will get better.
0: That actually works perfectly into my next question. Okay.
1: Um, I didn't even read those questions. (laughs) Awesome.
0: What, from your experiences, do you try to impart onto the student-athletes?
1: First and foremost, if they want to listen. Like, (laughs) some of them, I've had players that are like, dude, I want to hear your crap, con (laughs) And then some of them are like, yeah, what else you got? More, more, Mm -hmm. more. Tell me. Uh, So this year specifically, we have, I think, eight out of our 14 that are... uh, quote-unquote internationals, mm. uh, a couple from Puerto Rico, a couple from Finland, one from Spain, Cameroon, Canada, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Slovenia. Slovenia <laughs> thank you. Uh I actually just saw Petya. Um But just being able to experience or share those stories, mm. uh, but to me, you know, we just talked about it, you being from Western New York and me and we can have a conversation mm. or me and Mike in the office or DK or Diana. Um, you know coach obviously from being from Fayetteville, Georgia <laughs> uh, you know so uh, with the players it's just I'm trying to get a basketball message across or a basketball lesson across mm-hmm. so how do you do that? How do you do that? I, you know, I can read a book or somebody can read a book and tell them how to set a down screen or come off of a down screen or a pin down or this or that but it's communication right, right? and so you trust, respect each other, they listen to you you listen to them, you get to know a little bit about them, they get to know a little bit about you. you can help each other in terms of getting to the common goal of we want to do this and we want to do that um and it softens things mm. it just it helps you with your conversation uh that doesn't mean I'm going out there and you know <laughs> we're talking about you know chasing somebody off of a a ball screen or something, and you know I'm, you know, sometimes you just got to get stuff done. Right. And so you're talking basketball specifically. But I think overall in terms of conversation and, and just helping them helping them go through a very important phase of their life. Mm-hmm. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. And helping them to understand that there's so much more life to live. Right. There's so many more great things. And some of them in the moment are sometimes, you know, oh, my God, the world is crumbling. God, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just getting them to see the perspective. Like, right. yo, it's going to be okay. Don't mm-hmm. worry. It's a basketball game relax let's keep working next game next practice in the moment and you know all those things i think i think help um, mm-hmm. so hopefully just that mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure they think i'm goofy and weird and all that <laughs> stuff and that's good too that's all right it's all good i really don't care that to me is i think the biggest lesson i've learned mm-hmm. i really don't care anymore and <laughs> i kind of been this way since i was about since i actually kind of moved to this country a mm-hmm. couple, couple of times in my teens or early to mid-twenties, i really worried about what you or anybody else thought about mm-hmm. I me. Mean, I don't give up, and never, I just stopped, because mm-hmm. I think it just, you know, I think it just inundates your brain. Yeah. It just completely takes up so much space in your brain, and, and I think it hurts you more than mm-hmm. it helps you. So, uh, that would be my thought.
0: Now we'll switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um into what's called the Pride Five. Okay. So this is five quick questions, right. just <clears throat> fun questions. Um, so first one, I'm sure you've experienced all different types of cuisine mm-hmm. in your travels. What is your absolute favorite food? Uh, I think favorites are dumb. <laughs> um,
1: I don't wanna really have a whole lot of favorites. If I had to pick a couple of different types of food, uh, I love Arabic food, I love uh, Indian, Pakistani food, um, but don't get me wrong, there's a day or a night where I'm like all about Taco Bell or a Big Mac, because one of my first sandwiches that I ever ate when I moved to America was a McDLT or a Big mm-hmm. Mac, and uh, you know, so that kind of takes me back when I was a little kid, or a hot fudge Sunday. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm fat and old, I like a bunch <laughs> of different types of food. I'm all, I'm all for food.
0: If we got into your car and turned on the radio, yeah. what would be playing from your CD player, or MP3 player, okay. or whatever it is, in 2017? Yeah, know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was definitely
1: one of those cats that had the uh, Columbia House get 14 CDs for a penny uh, when I was in college, and then eventually, you know, CDs went dead. So I have a bunch of CDs in the back of my car Mm -hmm. but I don't really use my disc player that much anymore but uh, I grew up listening to hip-hop, I grew up listening to Tom Petty, Pearl Mm -hmm. Jam, Grunge. I grew up listening to NWA, um, Das FX, Drop Call Quest, Um, so for me... uh, You know, Method Man, Red Man, Wu-Tang. I mean, good gosh. It Mm. it just, it kind of just all over the place. And then one of our players the other day, she borrowed, I like to say stole, my (laughs) iPod. And I had about 3,000 or 2,500 songs on there. And she's like, she's like, well, what is this? And it was an Indian song mixed in with some rap. Uh. And then the next one she clicked, it was a Spanish song, um, I think by the Gypsy Kings or something. And the next one, that was a... South African stuff so she's like what the hell is going on with your iPod I was like it's just on shuffle man I just have a mm-hmm. bunch of different things from a different people that I've met and they've given me their CDs and I've put that on my iPod and so now I just listen to that mm-hmm. so um for me that's that's kind of my kind of my convoluted answer mm-hmm. to it
0: obviously coaching takes up a lot of your time yeah. what how do you like to spend your time when you're not coaching
1: um, I better say hang out with my girlfriend, because <laughs> she would kick my butt if I said otherwise. Um, other than that, you know, when you're in season, I hate to say this, but it's non I w- I wish it would be, you could take a break, mm. but it ends up being non-stop mm-hmm. basketball. I, I feel for you guys, because, and the trainers, and the, all the support staff people because you go from sport to sport to sport during the mm-hmm. year and then the summer you get a couple of maybe some time off but even then you're then getting ready for the fall sport so yep. uh as much as I want to feel bad about me and lament over my uh, existence in work setting um but I love basketball mm-hmm. so tonight I think UConn plays South Carolina and they're going for their 100th straight win against uh South Carolina women's basketball. Mm. So, it's I think at nine o'clock, and I know I'll be watching that, mm. whether it's on, and I'm sure I'll be texting with uh, somebody on our staff uh-huh. or maybe some of our players and going, "Oh my God, did you watch that or whatever?" At mm. the same time, I'll be watching Hofstra Elon, because that's our next opponent. Mm. Um, you know, so uh, that's how the off time is spent uh-huh. uh, at home during the season. Off season. Uh, try to plug, unplug, get away, go hang out in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, hang out with my girlfriend. Maybe go to Maryland, hang out with the folks. My brother mm-hmm. lives in Brooklyn, spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say those, those are some things. Uh, and then I'm a huge fan of uh, gardens and just big, giant open spaces mm-hmm. and art sculptures and museums. So been to a bunch of different museums in the city, and uh, New York's great for that. And then there's a bunch of different awesome gardens all over upstate New York mm-hmm. and just being able to jump in a car and, and go there for the day or two days and hang out in Hudson or mm-hmm. somewhere else up north, Beacon. Uh, they have some great art galleries and so just kind of get lost and uh, you know just open up your horizons to something else and maybe it allows you to, when you come back, allows you to see the game a little bit right. differently or maybe channel it a different way. Mm-hmm. So that.
0: Do you have a basketball player or coach that you enjoy following? Basketball or team <laughs>
1: play. I, you know I grew up uh, like you asked earlier in Detroit and so you should love the Detroit Pistons mm-hmm. bad boys and they played basketball a certain way mm-hmm. they were very defensive minded very rebounding minded and then they like to hit people um, after that I just watched basketball for the fun of it and there's a bunch of different philosophies that mm-hmm. go with it uh, and different coaches but yeah no I don't have any it goes back to your And I'm boring. I'm I'm a jerk sometimes when people ask me favorites and things like that. Um, I tried not to word it that way. No, you're smart. You're smart. You're going to go far in this uh, profession that you have chosen. So, um, yeah, no, I I like a bunch of different ones. The current ones, I'll I'll be honest with you, uh, um, the gentleman at University of Virginia, Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Bennett, his dad was Dick Bennett. I mean, uh, they do something defensively that I haven't really – I mean, I have – observe too much, which is something called pack-line defense. So I love how they play defense and the way they control tempos of the games. And they're always athletic, but they play a certain way. Um, You know, when um, the Spurs, they have a certain culture, basketball-wise. Tonight's two opponents, South Carolina women, the way Dawn Staley and company coach and how hard they coach and how you can tell how much their players care for them. And same thing with Connecticut and Tennessee before with Coach Summit mm. and now with Coach Warlick and company and just uh, yeah. just oh, watching peers in the profession and the way they get after it mm. uh, whether it's All women's right. basketball or men's basketball. Um, I enjoy watching our men's basketball practices. Mm. Games, eh, they're okay. Games are for players. I'm a firm yeah. believer in this. You get them ready in practices and they're they're for you know, uh, but practices are fun man. I like watching the way our men get after it in practice mm. and uh, um, so yeah, those those
0: are that's, once again, my rambling in. <laughs> and last one, you enjoy traveling. What's next on your list? Where are you going next? What's next?
1: Uh, if I told you, I would have to kill you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. That sounds very creepy and stupid. Um, I, honestly, Amanda, I don't know. I, I got to I gotta see what happens as the season ends here mm. and what uh, opportunity lies next. I, I would... I think I'm, I would be walking back here at Hofstra uh, by the staff and, and the head coach. And you know, Where do you uh, want to visit next? What do I visit next? Wow, uh, I'm going big picture to you, aren't I? That'll give you a little thought into my existence. Uh, what do I want to visit next? Um, you know what? My girlfriend just got back from Madrid and Barcelona. She mm. was there for work last week, and then Mike's... Uh, my fiancé is in Italy, and so I know I would like to be somewhere in Europe for maybe for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. take a train. Um, two of my really good friends married. They just moved back to Senegal, uh, where they initially met. She's French, he's, he's American, and uh, uh, they have a child, and so I wouldn't mind going to visit them in Senegal. My, my thought is I also would like to go to – see, and got me started <laughs> – I would also like to go to Morocco, mm-hmm. um, buy a car there, and then I want to drive across North Africa – Morocco into uh, Tunisia and then eventually I want to go to Tripoli Libya Mm. where I was born but apparently Tripoli Libya, Libya in particular is one of the seven countries with a travel ban so if I Mm. go there as an American citizen even with an American passport right now I don't know if they'll allow me in Mm. and then if I do go there and get my passport stamped or get a sheet stuffed into my passport and not actually stamped uh, like I had the choice in Israel for example when I travel there being of Muslim descent um, I might not be allowed to come back as freely to mm-hmm. the United States. So for those reasons alone, the last one I might want to do. Mm-hmm. I just I kind of feel like I want to do something dissenting, kind of
0: mm-hmm.
1: jerk-like. But I don't think it's <laughs> jerk-like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little riled up these days mm. with all the stuff that's going on in the world and in particular in the United States.
0: Well, that's all I have. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Pridecast.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks thanks so much for asking and I really, really appreciate all the work you do.
0: There's a busy weekend on TAP for Hofstra Athletics as winter sports continue and spring sports begin. Women's basketball heads to Elon and UNCW for contests on Thursday and Sunday. Men's basketball is home, hosting College of Charleston Thursday at 7 and UNCW Saturday at 4. Wrestling is also home, hosting Harvard Friday at 7 and Brown Saturday at 1. Baseball begins its season this weekend in Louisiana, playing against Murray State on Friday. Softball opens its season at a tournament in Clearwater, Florida, opening its season against Oklahoma State on Friday. Men's lacrosse opens its season at home versus Monmouth at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Women's lacrosse opens its season at Bucknell on Saturday. Men's tennis hosts Bucknell on Saturday, and women's tennis plays at Fordham on Friday. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics.